Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom Dorian is here making faces at me as I say the thing that I've said like 390 times. <laughs> present. I'm present. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thanks was, for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you, I'm you know, not you, making faces at you. You were making all kinds of faces. No, I wasn't. Don't lie to me. You were like, oh, here he goes again. You are like, you know that thing where you make move your lips and you're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's all old hat to you, right? This is going to be one of those shows, isn't it? Yeah, it could be a little crazy. No, we, you know what? We're going to do something that's kind of important. Uh, we're going to talk about how to get to heaven. It works, right? Yeah, exactly right. It works so, so for all you Catholics, uh, if it works that get us into heaven. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. So we just had to, like the people, at, the censors at EWTN, there's, Relevant Radio, Immaculate Heart, they're all like right. pushing buttons now, like, how do we get this off? How do there's, we stop this? How do we stop this? There's a certain percentage of folks out there going, I knew it. I told you. <laughs> no, because we, we are not getting into heaven because no. of our works. This is what's important. I, you know, a lot of people think that uh, we, we've, we fall into a trap sometimes, even as Catholics. We don't know our faith well enough. We don't know how to express it to others. So when we're challenged about things, uh, about our faith, mm-hmm. we kind of sometimes just kind of cave in and go, okay, right. you know, we don't really, we don't know how to answer some of these things because there's certainly, especially when we have our separated brothers and sisters who who will quote a few verses to us. Yeah, they challenge us, right? They'll 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 quote to us from Ephesians chapter two, right? We're going to hear it, aren't we? Yeah. What does Here we it? Go. Well, yeah. So it's like, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So it just says it right there. And there's another couple of neat ones, you know, that they'll remind us of. St. Paul talking to the Romans in chapter 3. For no human being will be justified in the sight by works of the law, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. To the Galatians in the second chapter, he writes, We ourselves who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners... Yet who know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. He says it again. Because by works of the law shall no one be justified. He says it a third time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, works will not get us into heaven. Nope. And so here's the thing. So this uh, this is a lovely refrain that comes to us Catholics from our separated brothers and sisters because it seems like so clear it does that works have nothing to do with salvation mm-hmm. and that's the that's the thing is that true or not and so that's what we're going to kind of investigate today and, and talk about because it just seems like well that may be right 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 and 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 the, the honest truth is I know some people who are Catholics who might think that this might be true. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people who uh, like to love to tell me how many rosaries they've prayed. Right. And when people tell me that, I always say, how many is it? Whatever it is. What if you're one short? Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, I've prayed 15,754 rosaries. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, man. What if you found a 15,755 was required for heaven? Sorry. You've been here. (laughs) You cannot go to heaven. You're one shy. (laughs) 
right? You don't get bonus points or anything. You have right. to. You didn't do enough, and that's not what gets us into heaven, no. right? And but at the same time, does that mean then we jettison the rosaries? No, we jettison jettison the the the, the works that we do. We jettison the good deeds because that's what we have to kind of sort of reconcile here and kind of figure out what we're supposed to gain mm-hmm. from all of this. Yeah. So, so what is the Catholic teaching, and, and how do we answer our separated brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Protestants? Mm-hmm. How do we answer them? I mean, do we, do we say, shut up and get out of here because I can't answer you? Right. You know, or stop asking. I'm going to start crying, you know, because <laughs> I, I, I remember for myself it was, it was always difficult because it just seemed like, because we did a show on Call No Man Father. Mm-hmm. Well, I call him Priest Father. I guess I'm in error. I guess I'm against the Bible. Right. And so we have to understand the context within which these verses are, are spoken. In fact, uh, it'd be nice for maybe the Protestant who quotes those particular scriptures from Ephesians and Galatians, if, and Romans, of course, you know, it'd be nice if there were no other books in the Bible, there were no other quotes in the Bible. Then it, then it would be kind of hard for me to defend what we Catholics believe. That's true. Right, because that's all there is. But there are so many other... Other quotes that seem to stand in defiance of what their interpretation of those quotes might be, mm-hmm. right? For instance, you know, this idea of really the fact that we're going to be judged according to works. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, it doesn't say we're going to be judged according to our faith or based on our faith. Mm-mm. I have faith and have not works, mm-hmm. so I can go to heaven. The answer is like, well, that'd be fine except... St. Paul, who's also supposedly this big advocate of faith over works and that works of the law have nothing to do any, with anything. Mm-hmm. It's really just about the faith. That's how we're justified. That's how we're saved. And again, Catholics aren't going to disagree with this, but, mm-hmm. but, but the idea that works have no part or play in any of this is, is really a fallacy and goes against Scripture itself because it says right here, this is St. Paul to the Romans in the second chapter. He says, for he, meaning God, will render to every man according to his works. Hmm. Right? So, uh, to those who by patience and well-doing seek, to gl- seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are factious and do not obey the truth, but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. So, in other words, what we get, where we go, our eternal reward mm-hmm. is based on our works. It's based mm-hmm. on what we do. And if that's not enough, so that's just one verse, Deacon Jeff. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's one word. In his, in his uh, second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, St. Paul says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive good or evil, right, heaven or hell, according to what he has done in the body. Mm. What he has done. Mm. Right? Doing things. Right. Actions. Activity. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, also in the 11th chapter of his second letter to the Corinthians, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of the light. So it is not strange if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Hmm. So our ends, what we do, right, where we go will correspond to what we do. Right. And, and that's important. So it's not just Paul. We also have Peter. Mm-hmm. He writes, And if you invoke as Father him who judges each one impartially according to his deeds, mm-hmm. conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Mm-hmm. So, sounds like deeds. 
There it is again. Sounds like words. And then the book of Revelation says this. This is about judgment. This is in the 20th chapter. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, by what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead in them. And all were judged by what they had done. Mm. So it's like, this is important to understand that, that the Catholic knows that works are important. Mm-hmm. So this is Jesus himself. I don't know if you remember this story, Tom, but uh, you, you do a lot of gardening. I do. You're out there hanging out, doing stuff. What do you do with that? You know that little bush that's like just... The, Everything's all brown. Mm-hmm. What do you? What do Yank you? Yank it up and throw it away. <laughs> yeah. So in in the gospel according to Matthew, the twenty first chapter, but it also appears by the way in Mark chapter twelve. But and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, Jesus is referring to it. He went to it and found nothing on it but leaves only. And he said to it, "May no fruit ever come from you again." And the fig tree fig tree withered at once. Hmm. Isn't that mean? That was mean. But it's not mean. It's helping us understand that we're that that we receive reward based on what we produce, mm-hmm. right? What fruits have we borne? Mm-hmm. Do do we in our works? Do we do we build discipleship? Do we build the kingdom of, on earth? Do we spread joy and love and peace and harmony and all these things by what we do? What are the fruits of our actions? Mm-hmm. Right? The fig tree can't have faith and mm-hmm. believe. Right, right, and so we start to realize that, hey, it's it's what we do, and and you know, and this is not always the church didn't like we didn't just like make this up, Mm-mm. because there's lots of our early church fathers, who also this is Saint Justin Martyr from 151 A.D. He said, we have learned from the prophets, and we hold it as true that punishments and chastisements and good rewards are distributed according to the merit of each man's actions. Mm-hmm. So this is the early church. This is what they taught. Right here's St. Uh, Theophilus of Antioch. He was around 181 uh, A.D. when he wrote this. He said, he, he who gave the mouth for speech and formed the ears for hearing and made eyes for seeing will examine everything and will judge justly, granting recompense to each according to merit. Mm-hmm. In other words, what we've earned. Right. So that's like, so then what do Catholics believe about is it faith or works? They believe in faith and works. Yeah, see, that's the thing. And so there's a there's a lovely verse, uh, St. Paul, in his letter to the, the Galatians in the fifth chapter, uh, sixth verse, he says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. Mm-hmm. So it's faith working. So faith has to work right. for it to be profitable. Mm-hmm. right? Faith that is uh, without any kind of working is not profitable and and essentially is dead. Sounds like James. Yeah, so that's that's James. And I, w- I want to spend a few minutes talking about James because that's a kind of a big deal because I want to get into Martin Luther and what he was, what he said and what he taught. Uh, and so this really, everything hangs in the balance now. Okay. Which is why we're going to go to a break. Of course. But before we go to that break, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website. It is great. TheCatholicCafe.com. You're sharp looking on that, by the way. I, brand new. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. But... Here's the deal. It's like if just your work of going there. <laughs> now you need to do it in faith. Right. Faith working through love, 
faithfinding our website. Beautiful. Thecatholiccafe.com. Come and visit us. But also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, which is another work, by the way. It is. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So with that, we'll see you in a minute. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is not easy to love with a deep love, which lies in the authentic gift of self. This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at Him, being one with His fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters, with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. These profound words, spoken by Pope John Paul II, encompass the message of divine mercy entrusted to Sister Faustina Kowalska. In Poland in the 1930s, St. Faustina received a message of mercy for the entire world from Jesus Christ himself. In the midst of turmoil after the First World War and the ominous cloud of another war on the horizon, a humble little nun encountered Christ in a series of deep and mysterious mystical experiences. She wrote, In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. Christ told St. Faustina, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. Christ commanded St. Faustina to convey his message of mercy to the world. He desired that she make known the infinite love he has for all people. My daughter, I demand that you devote all your free moments to writing about my goodness and mercy. It is your office and your assignment throughout your life to continue to make known to souls the great mercy I have for them and to exhort them to trust in my bottomless mercy. The message of St. Faustina calls us back to the church and her sacraments. It calls us to a deeper conversion of heart and a preparation for the final judgment and our own judgment before Christ on the day of our death. Through Faustina, Christ reminds us, He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Christ told her that after this time of mercy, the day of justice will come, and he urges us to have recourse to his infinite mercy. St. Faustina's life and writings remind us to come and wash ourselves in Christ's mercy. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm sitting here with Tom Doran, and we are talking yes, about faith and works. We are. See, everyone wants to wonder if it's just faith or works, mm-hmm. like faith but not works, works but not faith. Mm-hmm. Catholics are accused of works but not faith, or right. putting all of our... Um, our eggs in the works basket, as mm-hmm. it were. We are. And uh, and then sometimes our separated brothers and sisters, our Protestants, can 
can think it's just faith and it's faith alone. In fact, that's where that there's a phrase in Latin that, that was bantied about uh, at the time of the Reformation called sola fide, mm-hmm. which is just Latin for faith alone. There you go. Right? Only faith. And so we want to talk a little bit about that because a lot of that comes from Martin Luther and uh, in, in discussion. So it's kind of interesting. So we talked about Ephesians chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 8. Uh, where for for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. But a lot of people, you know, I, when I first heard that verse, I thought, well, that sounds pretty indicting of maybe a Catholic philosophy. But the reality is, if you read the next very next verse, mm-hmm. the very next line, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to walk in, and we have to have, we have to have works in faith. Right. Right? And there's a connection between the works and the, and, and the faith, which is why all of those verses that I, that I read from, uh, from all those different places, from Romans and, and, the, and 2 Corinthians, 1 Peter, Revelation, and certainly from Matthew, those, now the works start to make sense Mm-hmm. Because we're called to walk in those works. We're called to do that. Now, Martin Luther had a problem with all of this. Uh, in fact, Martin Luther did something kind of interesting, which maybe politically it wasn't a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at Romans chapter 3, verse 28, you, you read this verse. For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Mm-hmm. Right? Man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. First of all, the context, just so we all know, Paul is talking about the laws of Moses, mm-hmm. right? Those 600-some-odd laws that, like, do this, eat like this, don't mix the this and that, and um, don't, don't shave, do this, wear your hair, like, the, all the different laws of Moses. Right. And that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they're all keeping that law. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus... And Paul are talking to the people that are so fixated on the on the law that they actually don't have any faith, mm-hmm. right? So it's not these works of the law that brings you faith. You've got to have the faith, right, to live out these works of the law, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why Paul was saying it's not about circumcision or non-circumcision. It's not about a work or a requirement that's going to get you to heaven. Mm-hmm. Your justification is going to come from your faith, Right. In God, which we also read in Ephesians that we're created then for, in, in, uh, for, for works. We're created for good works, mm-hmm. and we're called to walk in those, those good works. But St. Saint, Saint Paul, you know, he, he said it like that. But interestingly, when the Greek was translated by Martin Luther, mm-hmm. he stuck the word alone in there. Right. So he, he added a word mm-hmm. to, uh, to Romans 3.28, and it wasn't in the original Greek. In fact, if you if you pick up a, a a modern Bible, a Protestant Bible, albeit, but a but a modern Bible today. In fact, I'm holding the New International Version okay. of the Bible, and you look now, they still will say um, they they translate it correctly. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law, right? That's verse 28 of chapter three. But if you look at the note, and a lot of the Bibles will have this note. It'll say 328. When Luther translated this passage, he added the word alone, hmm. which, though not in the Greek, accurately reflects the meaning. So it's like they're saying, yeah, um, but we're not going to put that word in there. 
Interesting. So, but at the same time, they're, they they want to say we think it's accurate, but we're not going to put the word in there. Interesting. Well, there's something in that though. Yeah. I mean, don't you think that like maybe they're going, okay, we probably wouldn't have gone that far to rewrite scripture. Right. You know, but you know, Martin Luther was a, a particularly, we'll just say, uh, enthusiastic man. He was. And uh, he had a lot of wor- harsh words for a lot of different people, even Protestants. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had nasty letters he wrote to John Calvin and Ulrich Zwingli and some of these guys that were his counterparts in the Reformation. Uh, that he just wrote some really some interesting letters. We'll say it that way. But he particularly is writing um, a letter to a man named Wenceslas Link in fifteen hundred and thirty. Okay, and you can find this reprinted. It's published in. A book called Rebuilding a Lost Faith by an American Agnostic. And it's by a guy named John L. Stoddard. Okay. In fact, this quote is from on the 88th page of that book. But all that aside, um, this is what Martin Luther says about faith alone. He says, you tell me what a great fuss the papists, that would be the Catholics. <laughs> I don't know if you figured that out. <laughs> Tom, you're a papist. You tell me what I a great am. fuss the papists are making because the word alone is not in the text of Paul. If your papist makes such an unnecessary row about the word alone, say right out to him, Dr. Martin Luther will have it so, and say, papists and asses are one and the same thing. Mm. I will have it so, and I order it to be so, and my will is reason enough. I know very well that the word alone is not in the Latin or, or Greek text, and it is not necessary for the papist to teach me that. It is true those letters are not on it, are not in it, which letters the jackasses look at as a cow stares at a new gate. It shall remain in my New Testament, and if all the popish donkeys were to get mad and beside themselves, they will not get it out. Dang. So, so we don't... We, he, he's not someone to, to try to calm down and, no. <laughs> and negotiate with. No. So, so, but he felt very strongly that that word alone should have been in there. Mm-hmm. Right? And he talks about, in defense of that, he talks a little bit about the proper translation into German and things like that. But the reality is, you know, little reasoning, for whatever reason is, to put that word alone there changes a lot of things. It does. And it also, because then it's like it's hard to read the other things that Paul writes where we are judged according to our works, mm-hmm. we're according to our deeds. And the, the book of life is opened up in the book of Revelation. And then the people that go to heaven, it's like it's written in the book of life based on what they had done. Right. Right, and so it's hard to to balance those things about faith alone. But this is lovely uh, because, again, what does a Catholic say to that? And you'd mentioned James, right? Faith and works, right? And so what James says this is this is really neat because if you you say to the uh, when you hear sola fide, mm-hmm. you hear faith alone, right? And and so as a Catholic, now you say this in generosity, absolutely, in kindness, absolutely, in love and mercy. Always, and just know that you're right. But that's not the point. <laughs> but but here you say it. You say it like you say it like this. So you're telling me faith alone, right, is, is scriptural. Well, interestingly, the only time that faith and alone appear together in a scripture is when James says it. And this is James's in his letter. Mm-hmm. This is the letter to James, rather, uh, the second chapter, verse fourteen. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is ill-clad and in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? So faith by itself, so faith alone, if it has no works, 
is dead. Mm. So faith alone is dead. Mm-hmm. So sola fide is, is dead. dead. That's what St. Paul um, and that's what James, the, 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 this little letter, um, says. And it's like that's in the scriptures. And now maybe there's, there's a reason why Martin Luther wanted that to be gone. He, did, he called it the epistle of straw. He didn't like it. Right. And maybe because, you know, he's, he's you know, a little sure-headed, mm-hmm. right? And so he probably wanted that out of there. But the reality is we have to look at all this stuff and start to realize, you know, we have to see all of this in the big picture. Is it faith or works? And I know we've said it's faith and works or faith working through love, and that's a beautiful way to express it. But, you know, if you look at the Bible, well, let me just rattle through these. We don't know what is actually causing salvation, mm-hmm. Right, because the Bible tells us that it's believing in Christ, Acts chapter 16. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household, by repentance in Acts chapter 2. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is it by baptism? In John chapter 3, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's baptism. But also, um, St. Peter says in First Peter, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Hmm. Right? Titus, chapter 3. He saved us not because of the deeds done by us in righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of, in the Holy Spirit. Baptism, right? So is it just by declaring with your mouths? Luke chapter 12, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, also will acknowledge before the angels of God. St. Paul to the Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is it by works? We just talked about, you know, Romans, for he will render to every man according to his works. Is it by grace? Acts chapter 15, but we believe that we shall be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, by his blood, uh, Romans chapter 5, since therefore we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And you start to realize there are all, all of these are true. They are. Right? We see all of this, and you have to read Scripture in its entire, its entirety. And I think the Catholics then have the, the better view that faith plus works. Right? That's what we're called to. Amen. Faith and works. So, hopefully this helped you uh, in talking to your brothers and sisters who are separated from us but love Jesus Amen. to help us understand that. Let's, uh, let's ask Mary to be with us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners sin. now and at the, the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.